Hi, folks. How's everyone doing out there? I hope everyone is out there staying safe and healthy and doing everything they, they, they can to protect themselves as well as their fellow men. Thank you so much for listening into Necessary Conversations with a Black Woman. I'm your host, Jessica Mason. So we've had the ladies on, specifically black women on, to talk about their plights and, you know, share their stories with everyone. So now it's time to expand. It's time to invite others on and, you know, explore and start having some of these conversations, these necessary conversations that we must have. We're never going to grow as a society if we don't. And the dialogue has to start somewhere. So I say, why not here and why not now? Let's do this and start to grow as a people and come together as a people. So you know how we do on these parts. Sit down, take a load off, relax, get your libations, your teas, your coffees, your preference, whatever that is. It's water in some cases for some folks. And let's just sit down and have these conversations. Okay, so today we have with us... Uh, Simone Krause, I'm Vice President of uh, Triversity Pride Center, Milford, Pennsylvania, and I live in North Jersey. Okay, thank you for joining us today. I truly appreciate it. Thank you, Jessica. And... Uh, and I'm Corinne Wilkins from Pennsylvania. Nice, nice. Thank you, Corinne, for joining us today. So let's let's just get right into it, okay? Because this has been like, uh, it's, even though it's been a little while, there's still, you know, a heated topic on, you know, the the canceling of Dave Chappelle and, and his stand-up and how, you know, transphobic some felt that he truly was. And, I, you know, I'm just trying to get different opinions on this just to see because I, I watched it twice and I didn't really see so not what the where folks might have been offended and such but that's just me so I figured you know what let's just sit down and have a conversation and talk and see you know where some of these ins and outs are coming from or where you know some folks are really having the issues so for what I understand both of you ladies are transgender women correct did I say that correctly yes. okay perfect yeah. okay so yeah um could you just share a little bit of your story behind give us a little brief behind that like on um, when when did you first transition Corinne um, I, I started socially transitioning in 2015, the end of 2015, changed my name in 2016. And I, I, I want to say about midway through 2016, I just, you know, I, I just transitioned all together. Um, as far as medically transitioning, I, that journey started in about 2017 and that's when I did a breast augmentation. And okay. then in 2019, I did bottom surgery. Okay, okay. Well, were these extremely painful physically transitions? Oh yeah, I, I, would, not, I would not suggest it. Mm. <laughs> you know, I like mean, we, we don't do this because we think, hey, this might be a good idea. This is, this is something that we do because, you know, we just feel that, we really have to do this to be our authentic selves. Okay. All right. Definitely. And listen, anybody can understand that it's really difficult for any folks to have to hide who they are in general. So to be born in a totally different body than what you feel that you truly are inside, I, can, I can't even imagine. So I can imagine that's extremely difficult. I only ask that because I know they always say, you know, you want to avoid going under the knife at all, at any rate possible. So like you said, nobody wants to do this, but I imagine the recovery after it is just as painful as any other surgery. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I didn't have a horrible recovery, um, but you know, there's a lot of maintenance even afterwards. It's, I mean, I still have to do maintenance now, uh, you know, years after having the surgery already. And mm. I will have to for the rest of my life. Same thing with hormones too. Like I'll be on, I'll be on estrogen for the rest of my life. And how often do you have to go back to the doctor just to make sure everything is um, going well? I do yearly checkups right now. 
you only check okay okay that's not bad that's not bad when you when you mentioned maintenance i didn't know if this was monthly doctor's appointments or what have you or every other week doctor's appointments or anything like no this is like maintenance to make sure uh you know so basically what i have is a neo vagina and you have to keep the neo vagina open with dilation oh gotcha okay that's actually quite interesting because when you hear dilation you think giving birth as women dilate to you know get the baby out Exactly. I mean, I'm not dilating to that extreme, you know, but I do have to put medical dilators in to keep it open. Okay. Okay. Simone, what about you? What was your journey like? Well, well, I, I, I knew when I was five and at nine, I definitively knew. So, and at 15, I told my doctor and that was 1972. Mm. And at that time, he said, don't ever tell anyone that they put people away in mental institutions for that. So I buried it and mm. kept it hidden and you hit a certain point in your life where you have to do it. You know, you've denied it in your entire life. And I started in hormones in 2014 and uh, 2017, I started living my life predominantly female, socially transitioned. I'm okay. still married to my wife. Congratulations. Well, it's more her than me. She, she's the strong one. Uh, 2019, I changed uh, my name and I changed uh, my birth certificate in New Jersey to female. And then in 2000, October 2020, I had an unexpected chance to get actually bottom surgery. Jumped all over it and got in and got it. I have a lot. I'm 64 years old. I have a lot of medical conditions. So I didn't get the full surgery as Corinne did. Okay. I got, it was a vulvoplasty. So I don't have the canal, but I have everything else that works. So pretty, it would take a gynecologist to know that I wasn't naturally born female. I'm on hormones still. Um, I was lucky that I hit the genetic lottery, as my endo said, and I did not have <laughs> to get breast augmentation. It, uh, every one of my sisters is very, very upset with me because I am now the very well-endowed sister. So, Yeah. Well, congratulations to you both on that. I know, like I said, it's probably not easy to have to live, you know, a life that, like like I said, just born into a body that, that you don't identify with. So I definitely, you know, applaud you guys' efforts and taking that stance in your own, like, you know what, this is my life. I'm going to take a hold of it and I'm going to do what's best for me, regardless as to what anyone else says or thinks. And that's not easy to do. So for that, I'll definitely give you guys credit for that. We all suffer from gender dysphoria. That's what this is called, that you know, we have a misalignment of our brain to our body. And when I finally had my surgery and the doctor came in, took off all the packing, took a picture and showed me, I always thought, oh, bells and whistles, you know, fireworks going off. No, it was just a subtle feeling that a wrong was righted. And my gender dysphoria was gone. Mm. So just, just like that, just like that. I saw the picture of my new vagina and I was like, okay, this is great. This is what I've been waiting my whole life for. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I think for me, it's, you know, when, when I get out of the shower, when I'm getting dressed in the morning, everything just seems right. You know, everything's just normal now where before it was a little bit like I hated to look in the mirror. Really? Yeah. Damn, that sucks. That really sucks. So how has life, you know, you said you didn't like living, like looking in the mirror and such. So how has life been since you transitioned? I, I still have a little bit of gender dysphoria when it comes to, you know, my face and I look in the mirror. But other than that, I, I have no body dysphoria anymore. Well, you shouldn't because you have a very beautiful face. But thank you. Mm-hmm. What about you, Simone? 
Oh, no, I don't really have any. I'm, I'm fortunate there. I, I, I've achieved invisibility, I, I call it. I can walk into a place and pretty much blend into the fabric of society. I'm happy. If, if I have any problems, it would be my voice. That's usually what will give me away to some people. Is that something that could be changed as well? Or you just, you're not even looking to go down that road? Well, there, there is surgery and stuff, but I mean, there's always, women have deep voices too. I just mm-hmm. need to learn more the cadence of the rhythm of how women speak. Mm. And, okay. that, and I'd be happy with that. Nice, nice. Okay. Yeah, well, there's yeah. classes out there that you can take, you know, they it's, it's like voice training classes. They can teach you how to change your pitch and stuff like that. And surgery is usually the last option if, if you're not able to, uh, to, to learn how to alter your voice. Yes. Okay. Okay. And like you said, it's probably the least, if, if anything, right? That you'd want to focus on when it comes down to the transition process. Uh, you know, everybody has their own, their own triggers. Okay. You know, maybe for some people, that's the biggest trigger for them. And maybe for other people, it, it doesn't matter. Like for me, that really doesn't matter. Okay. All right. For me, it matters. Whenever I'm on the phone, I always start out that I'll miss. How did you, either of you, find out about the Dave Chappelle fiasco and how, you know, they wanted to cancel him, quote unquote? I saw it on social media and my son had sent me the the link that, you know, I could go and, and watch it. And mm-hmm. I wasn't offended at all, you know, but uh, I, when I went to look for it now to, mm-hmm. to rewatch it again, I actually had to look a little bit to find it. And what did you find? No, just, you know, snippets. Like I didn't, I didn't find the whole episode. I only found snippets of the episode. And and like I said, for me, I personally wasn't offended. What about you, Simone? On social media. In fact, I was afraid to watch it because I I was reading so much about it. And I was like, it would have been like watching Trump up there talking. I I would have thrown the remote at the TV. It took a little bit. And then once I watched it, I was like, all right, there's some things that bothered me, but nothing really terrible. You know, I, you know, I, I have my opinions on his punching down and why. And I, cause I think that. We'll unpack that a little bit. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Okay. All right. So, so you said you didn't find it offensive, but why do you think that so many did find it offensive? So, in my in my own opinion, not shared by a lot of people, right? I think the mm-hmm. community at large, of uh, the trans community, is very sensitive to everything, and and maybe oversensitive sometimes. Do you think maybe yeah. it's a generational thing? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I do, I, and I hate to say, you know, the the millennials really feel like anything out of place is directly affecting them. And I don't agree. I mean, I, I grew up where I had to hide in the closet for 46 years, you know? So mm. listen, we, we suck up a lot of crap, you know? You think that's part of it at this point? It's like, you know what? We feel how we feel and we shouldn't have to hide that anymore. Maybe that's the, the way some of the community feels. I cannot speak for them. I can only speak for myself. Uh, you know, for me, I, you know, I've learned to pick my battles over the years. You know, I think with the younger generations, they don't have the tools that me and Corinne had when we were younger. And 
and, and things were different. Yeah, I mean, they're going to pull up their hand and go, okay, boomer. But yeah, things were different. You had to, it was harder and you had to hide things. And so over the course of time, we learned to get, you know, thicker skin. We learned some skills, how to deal with it, how to handle and make it those 46 years. For both of us, it was roughly about that long. And I don't think the kids, a lot of them haven't had the opportunity to learn those skills. Social media has really, I think, taken that ability away from them because you can't have any anonymity. You know, where if Corinne and I, we got outed when we were kids, we'd go to a town over, no one knew us. We'd create a whole new life. And these young kids, you can't get away with them. So once a rumor comes out, it's all over. So with that being said, even I felt, well, as I, like I said, I watched it twice. And the second time around, I started to wonder if maybe they were more of offended for like maybe thinking he was taking a stab at their sex or their race. Because at one point I was confused as to exactly what it was, was the issue. Like what, how, how are you offended? Do you feel like he's offending you agenda wise or do you feel like he's offending you race wise? Because remember the first thing he said when he got up there was that I hate white people. Uh, well, you know, I, I look at it this way, Jessica, he is a comedian and he's going to get a rise out of people one way or the other. And by pissing people off is, is probably the first way to get a rise out of somebody. But I saw it more as he was going for the biological aspect of saying, you know, you're, you're still a guy, mm-hmm. you know, and when he talks about a woman's vagina, you know, he didn't use vagina, but um, he says, you know, I don't know what it is, but it looks like, tastes like, smells like, but it's, but it's not, it's, it's like, what do you say? Beyond, it, beyond pussy, I believe he called it, you know, like, like imitation pussy, but now I've been with men that did not know I was transgender and they did, they had no complaints either. It's, it, it, I think what he was trying to say was when it came down to the biology, mm-hmm. that you're still a guy inside. You're, you're still biologically male. And which is true. I can't argue with that fact. You know, I, all my internal organs in my bone structure is, is male. I can't argue with the science, right? Mm-hmm. But through science, I was able to transition. Okay. So then that's why I didn't take offense to what he had to say. Because you found that there was some, like you said, there was some factual information in there. Yeah, it, it, okay. it was factual. And and I don't think he was like really taking a stab at us. Like we're, we're horrible people. I, I, I didn't get that at all from his, his stand-up skit. Or Mm -hmm. any of his other skits, because, you know, I I did some digging on the Internet, too. It's not the first transphobic, quote, unquote, stuff that he's done. You know, he's going to take... This particular stand-up was just more heavier on it. Like, it was about an hour, and I think a little bit more than an hour, and about 45 minutes of it was focused on the the transgender community. Yeah, but, you know, we... And we also don't know what what happened and what might have spurred him to, to, to go with it. Now, if he was getting... If he was getting a response from his audience, he's going to roll with what's working, don't you think? Because that's what I think. I, I've been to a few stand-up shows. You know, it's Dave Chappelle's not my cup of tea, but I wouldn't say he deserves to be canceled. Well, so far, as we know, Netflix is not. They're not canceling him. So we'll see what you know happens moving forward. It's almost like he knew what was coming when he's when he first did the stand-up. He told us this probably will be my last stand-up for a little while. So I think he knew what was coming down the pipe once this was released. Okay, you know, look, I'm gonna go right with the science first. I mean, you male and female brains are 
you know, there's really not no definitive like difference, but there's certain sections of the male brain that's different than the female's brain. There's certain mm -hmm. points, there are different size differences, but people that have gender dysphoria and identify as a gender opposite what they were born, their brain sizes in those sections match the gender they identify with. And the neural activity right. is similar to the gender they identify with, even before hormones. So this is kind of genetically imprinted in our brain. So that's why we go the way we do, you know, we have such a time with this. But going to what probably with David Chappelle, my thought is, yeah, I get the whole thing, with, you know, that he comes down on the white culture and I understand. It. And they got, he's got everything right to say about that. But what bothered me is that the majority of trans guests this year were people, women of color, trans women of color, with the majority of the 55 deaths in the last year. I mean, why not stand up for, for that? that? It's a tragedy with that happening, you know? And I think people take offense, they do take offense to every little thing in this culture today. I will agree that. There's, we're too, too sensitive. I did like the part when he talked about the Stonewall gays, which actually was trans, transvestites, which was what we were known as before transgender, Marsha Johnson and Sylvia Rivera. And they were like the grandmothers of the transgender movement. But yeah, I do agree. We, we need to be tougher. And these kids need to be tougher. If you want to get up there on the social media and blare it around and yelling and screaming and whatnot and causing a ruckus, be prepared to go out in the streets and defend also what you're doing. Don't just hide behind a computer screen doing it. Get out there and do something. Stand up for your rights. Mm. Powerful, powerful words. Definitely powerful words. I, I didn't know about the amount of women of color that were transitioning over that, that were committing suicide rates. I had no clue about that. And that's actually very, very sad. And I'm actually shocked that, well, I'm shocked that he didn't mention that. But at the same time, I know he spent a lot of time focusing on his particular, his friend that was trying to be a comedian and such. He did focus on that a lot. Because I went on uh, Twitter a lot to try to focus, to figure out what exactly was the situation. Like, why is everybody so upset? And what, from what I gather, it was more of folks from the, the, the white transgender community that were coming after him on Twitter more so than than uh, any folks of color. So I didn't know if that that's why I had to ask the race like, OK, are y'all upset that he took a stab at race or was he or were you upset that he was taking a stab at the, uh, at the trans community? Like I was confused as to what where exactly the, the problem lies. Yeah, we have a 41 percent attempted suicide rate in the hmm. trans community. And that really would have been nice if you would have mentioned that when he talked about his friend. And I think it would have put it in perspective that 41% of us attempted. I did when I was almost 21. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I understand it. So yeah, that, that's why I felt offended is that there's so much about our community that is not known. So I felt there was a bit of an attack. Yeah, okay, look, we're six tenths of a percent of the population of this country. So 99.4% of people, the gender that they were born, they're comfortable with. So yeah, we are a really small, marginalized, you know, community. And I'll tell you what, the transgender community, we're at the bottom of the total pole. And the trans women of color, I mean, they're, they have it. I can't think of any other marginalized group in this country that might be, have it worse. But here's one of the things, Simone, he, he did not get up there to educate anyone on Wonderful. transgender. He got up there to be a comedian. Oh. And, and, and you have to look at it that way, too. You have to say, hey, this, this guy's up there trying to get, to get some laughs, you know, to, to rile some people up. And 
and that's what he's and that's what he did you know if if he wanted to help the community he could he could stand up and, and advocate for us under a different platform but that wasn't the platform that this was this was a comedy show and and i saw it as exactly that and i understand it was a comedy i actually second time i watched it i laughed and stuff but like i said that was the where i got offended because i know of so many people that they you know you get you give hate you give ammunition to the haters and it you know that that was what bothered me haters gonna hate either way you can give them fuel or not give them fuel either way that's that's their job that's what they're gonna do haters gonna hate that's their haters gonna hate 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 but it was funny listen I, like i said i watched it twice and the first time I'm, I'm not even gonna lie the first time i was slightly intoxicated so i was i was laughing hysterically and then i said you know what? why don't you go back and watch this again with a clear head and i did and guess what it was the exact same reaction but i was paying attention to every detail that he mentioned that the second time around and it was like okay i still don't get it and, and then coming from as from a black woman myself i know discrimination when i see it oh, yes. oh, <laughs> so yeah. it, it was just like i'm lost so this is where i was like you know what let me let me let me have a conversation with someone and you guys, you guys educate me. And just within the, the few minutes that we've been talking already, I've learned so much um, about the trans community. But I do have one question. When you said that you just mentioned that you guys were at the bottom of the totem pole, do you guys consider yourselves separate from the LGBT? Or, or, or are we all one big happy family? Personally, I consider myself separate from the LGBT, okay. well, of the LGB community, because um, that deals more with sexuality. And, and I think being transgender deals more with um, who we are as people, not, not our sexuality. Now, we may fall under that umbrella because some of us are bisexual. Some of us would fall under the lesbian um, flag, or some, some of us might fall under the gay flag. It, Mm-hmm. So, so I think that's where, where we kind of meet up, but I think for transgender in general, I don't think we have the full support of, of the rest of the, the rainbow. And why is that? I mean, isn't that part of it? I mean, the whole point of the rainbow is that everyone is included. Yes. I've been told by gay men that why can't I, why couldn't I just have been a gay, a gay man? But if you're not attracted to men, that wouldn't make you gay. So, so for me, I'm attracted to both, but okay. um, I, I just said, well, because I don't identify as a man. That's why I don't feel I could I, be a gay man. And th- this was just trying to explain to them and they don't hundred percent understand. So we, we have that same disconnect with the, the, the cis uh, group um, and, and cis being just meaning non, non-gender, uh, non, non-transgender. Um, so we have that disconnect with, with everybody because they don't understand. 99% of the United States is cisgender. And whether you're lesbian or gay and or you're just straight, they both have as much difficulty trying to fathom this and understand it. I've run into just as many gay men that don't understand it as straight white men, straight black men. They just don't get it. Mm. You know? So, and we really don't kind of fit in. And I'll tell you what, a lot of times the L and the G's want to kick us out, you know, but you know, it's just strength in numbers. And if we decide to leave, then they're even less, less strong also. So, so it wasn't necessarily the, 
the LGBT that included the plus? Was that the media that did that? Well, what happened is the younger kids now were identifying with uh, queer. And that was a word that when I was younger, that was that was like, that, that wasn't a good Extremely word. Extremely offensive. Yeah. So now, and that, that, well, I had a hard time when the kids started calling themselves queer. But yeah, they start adding on to the LGBTQ plus, and then there's other letters, you know, for different uh, variations, I guess. Okay. Um, so, because that's what I, I thought the plus included like anybody that just wasn't part of the general population or the straight community that they accept everybody under you know the rainbow coalition at least i i assume that yep because even at one point i was like plus what does that mean i guess i guess that's, that's, i mean add everybody well it, it's our allies are part of it okay that support us okay so you've got so maybe not necessarily under the same umbrella but you can't consider them allies at some point yes and vice versa okay okay that's good so <laughs> Let me ask you this, though, and you weren't necessarily offended by the stand-up. So, or, and then and when I spoke to both of you, you said it always takes a lot for you guys to feel offended, for you ladies to feel offended, excuse me. What what do you find offensive? The bathroom stuff, I, I find that very offensive, you know, because a lot of times we just want to go pee. You know, okay, I, w- I went to a, a movie with my, my wife probably about three years ago. It's kind of early in my transition. I had to use the bathroom. I go in and she's nervous. I'm going in. I go in, use the end stall. Like I'm walking out, washing my hands. There are two women to the right of me talking like about another woman down there, but thinking that she was a man. And I'm thinking, oh my God, they clocked me. You know, let me get my hands done. And then I realized that like kind of talking to me, like, uh, uh, what do you think of her? And I, I look down, it's really just like a very masculine looking woman. And I just said, well, as long as she washes his hair, doesn't that all that matters? So now I don't walk. And I'm thinking they're worried about this woman who might've been slightly masculine if he was a man, born a man, and here I was assigned male at birth, and I'm talking to them, and they had didn't have a clue. I wish at that moment I had that Howard Vo- Howard Stern voice down from my belly button, we're gonna turn and say <laughs> Harry White, you know, <laughs> you know. It just kind of really, you know, that really kind of bothered me the whole bathroom thing that he did to skip. I mean, look, it was funny. Get that I laughed, but it gives people hate. That's the real thing that divides in this country as be, us being a wedge issue is the bathroom issue. And you can always get some older white Democrat who will then say, I don't want that person in the bathroom with my granddaughter. And this, we were a wedge issue. So they can you we're all good for comedy and we're good for politics. And we're always an easy target that way to get a good laugh. Mm. Okay, I could see that being offensive. Um, I, I I think what what offends me most is uh, people's um, unwillingness un, unwillingness to actually learn and listen. They just want to pass judgment all the time. Okay. Exactly. And that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast to begin with, for folks to just begin to have conversations and start a dialogue where you can come to some form of understanding. No one says you have to accept it, but at least have an understanding of it. And if you if you have a, a, a simple foundation of an understanding, then like Simone said, it might, you know, digest that hate a little bit. I mean, I always thought, and this is really big with me, that if they could get the Equality Act through, where we have equal rights throughout the country and every state, because we have tremendous rights as trans people in New York and New Jersey compared to, you know, other states. But we get the Equality Act. We have equal rights throughout the country. I'll tell you what, once I have total equal rights, I don't care what you say about me. You can make, you can, you can have three comedy hours about trans people and I'll be laughing the whole way. 
Trust me, I know all about that in terms of just trying to get everyone equal, just having equal opportunities. And and even when it came down to the LGBT and them fighting for their the, the rights to get married, I'm like, um, I'm sorry, are you a tax pay, tax paying citizen? Take yourself down to city hall and go ahead and get married. And they should not, nobody should stop them. And that was my main thing for it. I didn't understand if you know, reverends, pastors, priests, what have you, didn't want to go that route. Okay, their their faith doesn't allow that. And I understand that. But a judge should never, you should always no matter what so that's my whole thing you you born in this country you pay taxes in this country you should have access to every freedom or allotment that a, that any other citizen would have now i i agree with that to a certain point now if say i wanted to get married in that beautiful catholic church uh, out on main street and they and they said well no we don't acknowledge that that you're transgender and we we won't marry you here now, I, I actually respect that decision for them because I can go to City Hall, I can get married, I can go, I can go to any other church that'll have me and get married. Right. So it's sort of belonging to a club. And if you're not part of that club, then they don't have to, they don't have to give me um, the same respect that they give their members, right? Like mm-hmm. to, to come in and, and use the clubhouse. I don't, I'm not allowed to use the clubhouse. I'm not a, I'm not a paying member, you know? It's like going to the country club saying, well, hey, this is, you know, it's it's land and, and God made land and everybody should be able to use it. And you can't put up the fence. And no, they they all have their their little clubs. You know, it's like the, the Boy Scouts for a long time wouldn't let trans people in to Boy Scouts. I actually agreed with them. That was part of their, their, their doctrine, right? Their doctrine was, you know, very Christian. And they, they caught a lot of backlash from it. And then they kind of came around and they said, well, uh, uh, okay. Now, do they really support it? That's, the, that's debatable, right? But um, for media purposes, they're not hardlining it right now anymore. And and um, going back to what you were saying, rewinding about what you were saying about the Catholic Church, this has to be the most liberal pope there has been ever. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. <laughs> so slowly but surely things are changing. It's not going to happen overnight, but slowly things are changing and going into, I, I think, for the better. But you still have like a whole bunch of narrow-minded folks that are out there and I mean, I don't really know if there's anything you can do about that, especially, you know, a certain generation of older folks, they're stuck in their ways. I can't really expect them to change <laughs> to a certain degree. I don't, yeah, I don't expect them to change. Um, and they're entitled to their opinions. And and that's the great thing about this country, that they're entitled to their opinions. But um, when it when it comes down to it, it's all about respect and, and not about opinions. Absolutely, absolutely. The problem I have with the religion stuff is that you have some states that if you go into a hospital or an emergency room and it's not a critical emergency, that a doctor there can deny to treat you if they find out that you are transgender. And there's two states like that. And that, to me, that's just wrong because of their religious, religious beliefs that they could deny you medical care. First, as a doctor, you took an oath. Yeah. One way or another. So that regardless of religious beliefs, you took an oath. So you should help anyone who comes through those doors. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, this is the problem I have with the religion. You know, like, look, I agree with Corinne. It's our free country and whatnot. They don't have to marry us in that church and whatnot. If you want to be a doctor and you don't want to deal with us and whatnot, there should be a sign out right out in front. I do not deal with transgender people. Let everyone know what you don't like then. And that also should have to be um, that a, a privatized hospital of some sort because a, a public hospital shouldn't be allowed to do that, no matter what state you're in. Uh, personal beliefs they're allowing in those two states for religious. Do you know what two states those are? Uh, I think one of them is Tennessee and the other one might be Arkansas. And there's a bill similar to that in Ohio. Uh, I can't really say I'm shocked by the first two. Um, Ohio, I, I wouldn't have guessed that, but okay. I mean, the other two are, are really big Bible belts. So I, I would expect that coming from um, those two states. Okay, so what do you think it's going to take for the LGBT+, plus, the trans community, and just like the general public, but just to live, try to live harmoniously amongst one another? understanding i think and and just some mutual respect I, and i think that's for everybody you know i i think whether you're you're black or hispanic or lgbt it's all about respect and and i'm not saying give give more respect to a, a minority group than 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 not i'm saying just general respect as a human being and i think that's what we need just respect for the individual, never mind what their gender is, what their sex is, what their race is, just general respect for one and for and for one individual to yeah, the next. I well that's the way I try to live my life. And I, I figure if I can make a change in somebody's world, then that's great. I, I know I can't change everybody's mind. I mean, I listen, I live in Trump's white America. Simone knows she's been up there where I am. And and it can be scary at times. And you know what? I'm not out to educate the masses because all that's going to do is put a target on my back. Right. Well, like you said, all you can do is just focus on you. And I guess if nothing else, just be grateful. We are in somewhat of a different times because 30 years, 40 years ago, we, we couldn't even be having this conversation. You got you, you ladies would be too scared to even talk to me about it. So just the fact that we even have been able to have this dialogue shows that that's progress being made. I believe, I believe you really need to stand up. And, uh, and I understand a lot of what Corinne said. I tend to, unfortunately, put myself out there, put a target on my back. And that's just my character and the way I am. But Corinne talks about where you could just change one person's life. Corinne changed my life. She gave me the information and the direction I needed so I could find a su proper support group and whatnot to move forward. So nice. she changed my life there. So, you know, there's an example right there. Sometimes it's just one individual can make a difference. That's all you have to do. Just treat people how you want to be treated. That's all it is. I mean, you're not doing these good deeds to get into heaven. You're doing it just to help somebody. And it's not like you, you just treat them the way you want to be treated. It's not a hard concept. You know what I mean? World is black and white. You're an asshole or you're not an asshole. It's as simple as that. Treat people how you want to be treated. It seems simple enough, but the, the, the ultimate sad part about it is that that's easier said than done. And I, I just don't know why. People have a hard time standing up when there's other people screaming, saying, you know, kill him, kill him, kill him. And one person like, oh, should I stand up and say, no, don't kill him. That's the thing. It, it takes a lot of courage to stand up and say, you know, you guys are wrong. This is wrong what you're doing to this person. Leave them alone. Let them live their life. How would, it, you, know, how would you feel if it was you? 
exactly. That's I try to just put myself in other people's shoes. Like, hmm, how would I feel? Or just like you said, like you, you don't need a book or someone in your ear telling you what's right and wrong. Internally, you know that. And if something don't feel right inside, you know it's wrong. You know, and if it doesn't feel, if you don't get that feeling, you know, obviously it's not wrong. So I think that's what it is too. Folks could just, just take it upon themselves just to, just like you said, just be respectful and just be kind to one another. Okay. You don't necessarily have to like this person. You weren't put on this earth for everybody to like one another, but simple respect could go a long way. Yes. You know, being able to put your head down on the pillow at night and not have any guilt is a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you guys would like to add or say or anything that you feel like could be helpful? All right. Um, there's a couple of things that I really kind of like to talk about. Sure. If you have such a homeless problem with uh, LGBT youth, 40% of the homeless youth in this country are LGBT. And mm. LGBT youth only compromise 8% of the population. One out of four trans trans and LGBT youth get kicked out of their house when they come out. 30% of them suffer violence at the hand of a, hands of a family member once they come out. And these are just an ungodly statistic. I mean, um, once again, I'll talk 41% attempted suicide rate. If you use their proper pronouns and the name that they prefer, you can reduce that suicide rate down to 24% attempted suicide. It's life-changing. It's the simple things like that. And the last thing I would always, I heard this the other day and, and I thought this was great. And everyone deserves a seat at the table. And if you're not at the, have a seat at the table, you're obviously on the menu. So. Mm. Very powerful. Very, very powerful. And um, those, those, those are horrible statistics. I mean, I thought the, you know, beat the gay out and all that was gone like i thought folks could understand like we're not we're going from the days of salem we're not burning witches at the state anymore this is not the lifestyle that one should have to live or have to worry about let alone a child have to be scared to go home because of how they see themselves 36 percent of millennials would be very very uncomfortable having a family member that was lgbtq and that's the millennials Wait, can I ask you where you got that statistic? Because that one I have a hard time believing because we were, I am a millennial. We were born into this. You can look up the stuff at the Trevor Project, HRC, those are the, and uh, trans equality. And you look those up. Uh, like the other statistics I quoted came from uh, the transgender survey, 2015. And in 2022, there will be another one going out there. So anybody who's transgender, I would uh, definitely please fill that out once it comes out. It should be available all over the internet so that we can get a really good tracking of uh, everything that happens to us during our lives. Simone, do you know of any um, like non-for-profits or facilities or anything, where, um, any place where these um, teens can go to, to, to stay safe rather than just being on the street? Because I know that's where a lot of them end up is on the streets because they have no place else to go. There are a lot of spots in New York City that you can find that they can go to. I can send the links to you later. That's, that's perfect. Please send those to me, yes. Yeah, especially Absolutely. in the city. So I, I think the, the best advice I can give to anyone is treat people the way you want to be treated, right? Basic, simple. Um, you know, for me, I try to I try to think, you know, I don't know what kind of day somebody's having. So I try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. And I try to see how, how they might be seeing the world at that moment. 
And I do believe that people can change. I know I've changed over the years. Everybody changes. And I don't know. I just, I just think we all need to just be nice to each other. And that would be my suggestion to everyone in every circumstance, not, not just LGBT. Um, you are a parent. So what would you say to parents out there who might have a child that's, you know, trying to transition? I have worked with a few people in the past. And I, the only thing I can say is everybody transitions. So if your child or your spouse comes out, um, they're not the only one transitioning. You're going to be transitioning too, because now it's just, it's something different that you have to do. And a lot of times we take ourselves out of our comfort zone and we don't know how to do it and we just shut down. So my suggestion is just go into everything with an open mind. All right, folks, there it is. You heard it. Just try to be open and respectful for one another. And hopefully we can try to live in a more harmonious life than what we have been. Nobody wants to be treated badly and there's no reason why they should have to embrace sex or sexual preference either. Folks, we are all just people trying to go from one day to the next in this crazy society that we live in. As people, we can make it easier for one another. So let's try to do that. Ladies, I thank you so much for coming on and speaking on this, um, speaking on this matter and sharing your stories and your plight and your, you know, your experiences with other folks. I'm hoping that this will help somebody down the line and hopefully, you know, something that you said today will help another individual coming up and transitioning with themselves and hopefully, you know, folks will take heed to what you're saying and just begin to treat people better. Well, thanks for having us on, Jessica. No problem. My pleasure to have you ladies on. Thank you very much. You ladies, take care, stay safe, stay healthy, folks. Thank you for listening into Necessary Conversations with a Black Woman. Take care.